Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. Have we gotten to this point where people wake up every morning looking for something to be offended about? I live in this place called the real world, and I understand what is going to happen. Her story is, I was trying to scare him away. At the same time, she shot him point blank in the face. Okay, that's not exactly a warning shot. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. Coming up next, Squirrel. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. It's a Boxing Day surprise. Jeff Wagner is off today. Brian Noonan in for Jeff. Uh, looking forward to spending some time with you. Big show planned. It's always more fun when you get involved. You know the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, but what the heck, I'll repeat it for you because it's fairly new. 855-616-1620 is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. When you call in, you'll be talking to Kyle. He's the executive producer of the big broadcast to get to me. you got to be nice to him. That's how it works. You can also follow us on social media, on Facebook and Twitter. It's Brian Noonan Show. So uh, there you go. Very exciting Lots to get to today. A lot of fun. Uh, the day after Christmas, the first day of Kwanzaa, uh, the fourth day of Hanukkah, the uh, 17th day of, uh, I don't know, whatever other holiday we're going to lump in there. But the weather yesterday could not have made Christmas any better. Do you agree? Or are you one of these people, as we were talking with Steve and Carol, Carol very upset that there was no snow on Christmas. Uh, one of my good friends is the same way. They're, oh, oh, so sad that they didn't have snow on Christmas. Uh, forgetting that, as I said, uh, we live in the Midwest, and we are going to get plenty of snow. We will be snowing uh, in Easter. We'll be snowing uh, probably July 4th. It's, uh, there's a lot of snow coming, so I did not feel bad at all that yesterday was warm. It reminded me of the few years that I lived in California for Christmas. And um, if you've never lived in a warm weather climate over the holidays, the first one is a little strange. But then you get used to it. Because if you don't, if you don't care about the snow, I guess if you're a dyed-in-the-wool winter lover, yesterday was bad for you. If you had skis and toboggans, do kids still ask for toboggans? Is that still a thing? Is this 1947? People going out for toboggans are going to go to the sledding hill. But you know what I mean. All these wintered things that you could have asked for from Santa, if they if they came, normally you could run right out and use them. Yesterday, you know, when you got your auger to go ice, ice fishing, you're sitting there going, I have nothing to aug. There's not enough ice. It'll come. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it so much. We uh, at one, I took the dogs out for a nice long walk, and then uh, after that, before we went to my brother's, sat on the deck with a nice festive holiday ale and a cigar, and just enjoyed the fact that it was Christmas and I was able to sit outside. And I'm wondering if that that was something that uh, that happened to you. Now, did you have a good Christmas, Kyle? I did. Was Santa good to you? Did he come to the house? Um, well, Kaylee and I are, are engaged and we're saving up for a wedding. So we decided to not really spend any money really that much on each other. Okay. Um, but our day that we had yesterday was awesome. We spent it with her, uh, her mom who lives up in kind of in the Glendale area, uh, just sort of hung out for the first couple hours. Very nice. And then we're like, okay, we've opened gifts. We've eaten food. Now that we're nice and fat, let's go out and enjoy the... The beautiful sunshine and everything. Wasn't that nice to be able to do that, to have that option, we to play- say, oh, 
We'll go out for a little bit. We played basketball, driveway basketball. Big fan. Nice. Uh, I grew up on a house that was like in a huge, like forty-five degree hill. So, <laughs> so you I, not play I did not have any ball basketball. games <laughs> in my childhood. Uh, so to play driveway basketball was great, and you can have it adjusted. It was like seven feet tall. I was just laying down oh, slam dunks. Sweet. It was a great Christmas. That sounds like a good Christmas. Now let me ask you this, because I understand your point with the wedding coming up. You're trying to save, so you make that pact. Uh, that you're not going to spend money on each other. That's great if both people adhere to that pact. Did your fiance adhere to it as well? Well, we we <laughs> because we both... this is the trap. Every married guy in here heard you say that and went, "Oh, dude, that's that's dangerous." Because my wife tried to do that this year for Christmas as well. Because we're you know we're going away, we're going down to Mardi Gras as we always do, and we're saving, putting money away, things like that. And she's like, "We're not buying each other presents. We're just going to use the money and have a great time when we go to New Orleans." And I was like. Okay, sure. Wink, wink. That's never happening. And lo and behold, thank God I decided to go with my better judgment after all these years because, uh, wouldn't you know, Santa came by the house yesterday morning with something. Uh, and my, then my wife said, well, it's from our daughter. Oh, it's Molly wanted to get you something. Really? Okay. So I, uh, it didn't go over. Our, the, the pact was broken. Yeah, and we... we- yeah, so the pack was kind of broken for us as well. Uh, we did not necessarily say we're not buying anything, but okay. we're definitely like dialing it down. One thing that we always buy, besides buying something material, is like tickets to something. Yes. Right? Experiences so, are the best. Yeah. So her favorite movie is uh, The Princess Bride. And then, like, the Paps, either at the Paps or the Riverside, we're having Carrie Elwes doing uh, The Princess Bride. That. So I got tickets for that for her because it's her favorite movie. Wow. So did that and then got her like sunglasses because she needs new like UV go. protection sunglasses. Nice blue blockers. Need them in the winter, need <laughs> sure. them in the summer, whatever. You there do. you go. Well, that's very good. Congratulations. See, now that sounds nice. I like giving experiences as well. Uh, some people, not only did they get experiences, they got things that they didn't want to get. And now they are heading out. They're heading out to the stores on what promises to be one of the busiest days of the year at the malls. But this is what I don't get. Uh, there's nothing in the stores. So if you are going trying to to uh, exchange something, you're not going to find it. If you are going just to return for money, okay, that's fine. But, you know... If you have gift receipts, I don't, know, maybe, I don't know how it works. I haven't returned something with a gift receipt in a while uh, that I didn't buy myself where they would just credit it back to my account. I don't know how uh, good the stores are going to be about giving you money for that. But we did have record online sales this holiday season, which was very good. E-commerce sales this year made up 14.6% of total retail, rose about uh, 18.8, so almost 19% from last year. Uh, and that's according to MasterCard's data tracking, which goes from November 1st through Christmas Eve. So overall, the holiday retail sales, uh, not including automobiles, rose 3.4%, which was great. So we had a big, everybody was shopping. People were buying a lot of things, and now today they're going to go try to return them. Uh, I always like to ask this the day after Christmas because um, you know, people have good intentions, and they try their best, some people. Some people wait till the very last minute and they don't try their best at all and they just want to have something to hand you on Christmas so that you don't uh, look at them and judge them as Scrooge-like. So I'm wondering if you will share with us the thing that you cannot wait to return or exchange. 855-616-1620. This year, did I have one? I'll share it with you on the other side, but I want you to share yours with me here on WTMJ. 
Back for more, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Brian Noonan for Jeff. We're talking about, one, the weather yesterday on uh, a near record high for Milwaukee on Christmas Day, which I thought was fantastic. And what to do now if you are you receive something that you just cannot wait to return. What is it? Uh, we'll share some of the... Um, Retail policies, the return policies. Got a text from the 262. I loved both yesterday at 57 degrees in Milwaukee and back in 1982 when the all-time Christmas Day record high of 61 was set. That sounds lovely. But it was awful just one year later, December 25th, 1983, when we set a record low of minus 12. Crazy contrast this time of year, but I'll gladly take record warmth at the holidays any and every time. I could not agree more. This was... the. I mentioned that uh, the first time I experienced this was when we were living in California for a little bit, and we moved out there. It was the Christmas of 2000, or 1999, rather. Uh, so it was Christmas 1999. We had just moved out to Los Angeles at Hallow- on Halloween. So Christmas comes, and we go out to dinner on Christmas Eve, and we ate Christmas Eve dinner on an outdoor patio. And I immediately called home and rubbed it into everyone I knew. Telling them, hey, guess what we're doing? And they were like, well, you're probably enjoying Christmas Eve. I said, yes, but we're eating outside. So I will do that. And my youngest brother and sister-in-law live in Florida, so it was very warm down there, so I was envious. But not uh, this year. This year, I loved it. All right, so what are you taking back? What are you returning? You you just couldn't stand it. You're going to go to the store today, and you're going to be facing huge lines of people who, you know, They were trying to muster up the Christmas spirit up until yesterday. Now, they're in the horrible retail mindset, where it's just, I've got to get in, I've got to return this, I want to exchange it, but now I'm upset because you don't have the same the size I need in this really popular item. Uh, and I don't know if they thought the elves, besides helping Santa deliver things to your home on Christmas Eve, also come to department stores and retail establishments and restock the shelves on Christmas with all the stuff that I guess is magically being trucked in on Christmas Day, too. But people act legitimately surprised that you don't have things. I don't know if you've ever worked retail, but I I feel unbelievable empathy for the people who are working retail today because they're going to have to answer the same question a million times. No, we don't have that in your size. I don't know when it's coming in. We expect a truck tomorrow, uh, and then people are getting upset, and they come in. I got this without a receipt. I, I got this as a gift. I don't have a receipt. Uh, I don't. I don't have any tags on it. Uh, it's not in the original packaging. But trust me, I got it from your establishment. And then when they tell them, "No, I'm sorry, we can't really give you a refund on that. We can't give you any money." Oh my goodness! Forget it. People will go crazy. Uh, Do you ever have to work retail, Kyle? Uh, yeah, pretty much all through high school. All through high school. Did you, did you, and so you worked the holidays, so you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I worked at a clothing store in a, in a mall and had all the holidays. Was it Chess King? Uh, the, the store? Is that <laughs> yes. what you're asking? No, it was like a Hollister or something oh, okay. like that, some sort of clothing store. Some but, sort of clothing store. Um, yeah, not great. No, it's, I worked at Marshall Fields for years, uh, over the holidays, and it was, it was the same kind of thing, where you're like, oh, no. And people just, because they're so, they used up all their goodwill. And now they're just running on fumes and they're tired and they're just take it back. Okay. 
right. It's I, the I same. Be- it's the same before the holiday too. Just like the hustle and bustle oh. and the stress of getting things done, where it's like people don't want to deal with lines. People no. don't want to deal with people. Not even the people exactly. that are helping them. Man. Well, that but that's why a retail or online sales have gone up so much. This way, we don't have to deal with lines or people. But now we've got them. So if you did buy online, Amazon's return policy. Uh, they allow items to re- to be returned 30 days of receipt of delivery. Uh, according to its website, it could take up to 25 days for an item to reach the company once returned. Uh, once an item is received by their fulfillment center, it takes two business days for the refund to be processed, three to five business days for the refund to show up on the customer's account. And if you return a defective, damaged, or incorrect item, Amazon will refund full postage cost. So that's good. Maybe you got something from Target. Oh, everybody gets something from Target. Now, you know, a lot of people, uh, it's gotten easier. People are giving the gift cards, which I have debated and gone back and forth with people for years over the gift card. I understand it in certain situations. Uh, For uh, somebody, like if you're doing a Secret Santa or somebody you don't know very well, the gift card is all right. But I have a feeling if I were to give my wife a Target gift card, despite the fact that she loves Target, she would not be happy with me. That would uh, it would send her the message that I was thoughtless and lazy, and that she would be accurate. Because if you get, here's another tip for your upcoming nuptials, Kyle. Uh, unless your wife says, "I really would like a Visa gift card for Christmas," don't give them a gift card. Have something. Make it like a gift certificate for an event is one thing. Hey, we're going on this uh, this pub crawl, or or here's here's a massage gift certificate. That's different. Then you've actually gone in, you thought you bought a specific product. But if you just go, hey, here's your Target gift cards. Really? What were you, in line at Roundy's and just picked up all the gift cards right off the shelf? What am I getting next? Chili's? That'll be fantastic. Just a big stack of gift cards. Well, Target is going to give you, they have a 90-day return policy with a full refund for unopened items. Uh, If you have a red card, you get 30 extra days. Uh, Target brands of items purchased from a registry. Uh, Customers get a year to bring them back. Electronic items that you purchase between November 1st and Christmas will have 30 days to be returned. And all Apple products, excluding cell phones, must be returned within 15 days. So there you go. There's Target. Um, We'll give you a couple more of these, and we'll start wrapping things up on this. But if, if you want to share, and you can do it anonymously, we don't, you know, we don't need to out you. But what did you get yesterday that you just can't believe someone who purports to know you bought you and you cannot wait to get it back? We'll do a little more of this on the other side. It's WTMJ. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. I brought up gift cards and if uh, people were excited about that. And Deb from the 262 texted in, would love to get a gift card. Hate most of what I get. I have very specific tastes. Which I understand, but then the people who are around you all the time should know those tastes, right? I mean, after a while, don't you know what your family members like? Like, I know certain things I would never get my wife or my daughter because they just don't know. Now, they, on the other hand, sometimes ignore those things that I put out there that I would never get. My wife has gotten much better, I will say this. And we've been married a long time, and this was early in our married life. So, Kyle, you have these kind of things to look forward to. One year my wife decided, um, because I guess at one point maybe I had mentioned something about silk boxers 
or mock turtlenecks. And so one year for Christmas, I got uh, three mock turtlenecks and three pairs of silk boxers. And I'm not exaggerating. I wish I were. Uh, the first one I opened, I went, oh, hey, that's kind of nice. And she wrapped them all separately. So I'm like, look at this haul. I got all these boxes. The second pair of silk boxers I opened, I was like, okay, I guess you'd need a spare. You know, if you're running around, silk boxers need a boost. But third pair I opened, I was like, all right, seriously. What, did you just make one stop and you had no other idea? And it was the same with the, and this was, <laughs> I know mock turtleneck. They're probably coming back, the mock turtleneck, because it was a very 90s look. Um, the first one, the first one was fine, but I chided her so badly, not on Christmas Day, but as it went on, that she learned. I and mean, there's been no more theme Christmases in our house since that day. You know, and I'm very cognizant of not doing it to her as well. Not go, you know, if I get one gift that's a certain thing, I can't, I can't get anything else that relates to that because I don't want it coming back at me. But uh, just uh, to close that up, I returned them all. Didn't keep any of the silk boxers, none of the mock turtlenecks. In protest, that was it. It was all gone. Just had to, had to send it on its way. Uh, just to, real quick, if you're returning to Walmart, they have a longer return policy. You have uh, an extended return time frame. Uh, it's 90 days. That's fine. Macy's will take stuff up to 90 days. Old Navy will take stuff uh, for uh, up until January 15th or 45 days after purchase, whichever is later. So just make sure you haven't opened anything. Make sure all the tags are on it. You know how this works. Just go and return all your stuff. All right, the big debate now. It's the 26th. We will discuss the length of time your decorations should be up. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Kyle, I don't know why you keep lying to the people. Jeff is off for the rest of the decade. He will not be back until early 2020. And by early 2020, I mean the very first day of 2020. Uh, Brian Noonan in for Jeff. Uh, getting a lot of texts in response to the uh, the gifts that you uh, did not want or the, how you deal with it. Um, Jeff sends us text. The problem with uh, gift cards is that stores are generally picked over after Christmas. That's the be- that's the one good thing I think about gift cards is yes, we know today and for the next week or so stores are going to be really picked over. But the gift card doesn't expire, so you can go late January, February when the spring clothing comes in. Perhaps get your cruise wear, some nice Bermuda shorts. Uh, do people still wear Bermuda shorts, capri pants? I don't know, pedal pushers, whatever they wear. People can go pick those up in, uh, in late January to anticipate the spring thaw. Uh, from the two six two, I usually receive two to three unwanted Christmas gifts. I take them straight to Goodwill and then try to educate the gift givers for next year. Regifting is an, also another option. Both of those are both of those are very good, and I think I think subtly trying to educate the gift giver is always a good thing. I was not in the silk box or mock turtleneck scenario. I was not a gentle educator. I was a ham-handed complainer. Uh, she, you know, but I will say, my wife, very bright woman, she learned very quickly. I don't understand the people who are putting taking their Christmas decorations down today. This bothers me. Uh, You know this is going to happen to you today. You'll be driving through your neighborhood, and you will see people have already thrown their Christmas trees out. And there's like a sad piece of tinsel still hanging to one of the branches, and there it is by the curb. And especially today when the weather is so nice, it's it just seems that's the saddest part of Christmas to me. So I don't understand it. What is it about Christmas that you can't wait 
to take things down. Now, I understand a lot of times here the argument for taking your outdoor decorations down the minute there's a nice day is, well, it's nice today. It may not be nice again. But we know it's going to be nice pretty much through the new year. So there's not really a rush. And by pretty nice, I know it's going to get colder next week, but it's still going to be in the 30s, which for around here in December and January is pretty good. So I don't, I don't see the big hurry. And this has been a big debate uh, about for years, for centuries, about how long you should leave your Christmas decorations up. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is 855-616-1620. Are you one of these people who, you know, it's afternoon. Tree's already down. Christmas never happened in our house. We're already, we've already moved on. We've burned everything and it's scorched earth as far as Christmas is concerned. Or are you one of these people who come Valentine's Day, you're just going to change the decorations on the tree just a little bit? Just, we'll take off the green ornaments and just leave the red and everything is going to be lovely. The reason I brought this up is, Etiquette experts have been debating this, as I said, forever. Uh, one of the in the Victorian era, this is we're going to go back a little ways because I know I know when I'm with Kyle, he likes to hear things from the olden times. He likes me he likes me to take him back like for a history lesson. So the question of when to take down Christmas decorations, uh, like I said, has been debated for decades. One of the explanations about how to how and when to take your decorations down comes from the the Victorian era. Christmas trees and decorations were removed on the 12th night after Christmas. So today still too early if you ask me. Christmas decorations expert at uh, Fantastic Services said that while this was in accordance with the tradition of celebrating 12 actual nights of Christmas, it was also thought to bring bad luck if you left your decor up for longer. Now, if you're just hearing this for the first time, you can't call it and use that as an excuse. Oh, Brian, it's bad luck. No, it's not. You didn't, you didn't know that. According to the legend, tree spirits lived in the evergreens. All right. And they had to be released as soon as Christmas was over, or unsuspecting humans would face the consequences. That sounds like the scene in Christmas Vacation where the squirrel comes jumping out of the tree. That's That's the only kind of tree spirit I would believe in. But... You know, it was the Victorian times. They didn't really know. There are more practical reasons, they say, for taking your decorations down sooner than later, uh, according to a home organization expert. It, that's, that seems like a scam to me, being a home organization expert. But that's good for her or, and him, and good for that Marie Kondo. Everything is bringing me joy. So they say packing things up before the new year gives you the opportunity to start the year off fresh, uncluttered and focused on what's ahead well you can look at it that way i i i don't see it that way this isn't merely modern minimalism according to them more superstitions another superstition is that people believe taking your christmas tree down before new year's eve will ensure you don't carry your bad luck into the new year how is your bad luck tied up in your christmas decorations those should be the happiest memories. You know, I, I've heard, I'm not superstitious, but my my father was, and being Irish, it kind of runs in our ethnicity, a lot of superstitions. You know, one of them was uh, don't, 
don't move. Like if you're moving and you have crutches at your house, don't you're not supposed to take crutches with you to your new house. Which I didn't know till I moved crutches into my from my old house into my new house, and uh, the mover freaked out. He's like, you know, you're not supposed. I'm going to leave these in the garage because you know you're not supposed to bring these into a new house. I was like, relax, dude. It's it's okay. So anyway, your Christmas tree, if you don't take it down sooner, if you take it down early enough, all your bad luck is going to be gone. It's going to go out in the garbage with your Christmas tree. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't think that's really. The case, but uh, if you have a good year, yeah. So your Christmas decorations are up. Take them down before the new year. It doesn't carry the bad luck. But what if you had a really good year, you know, and you want that magic to stay with you into the new year? Yes. Keep your decorations up all year long, they say. Now, that there's a limit. So what's your limit? My limit is uh, by, by the second week in January, everything's got to be down. That's for me. So I give it through the new year. Then uh, we used to always wait till the Epiphany or Little Christmas. And then after that, I start taking it down. Now, if it gets to be, you know, January 8th or 9th and we get another wonderful day like this, I'll quickly take the outdoor decorations down. Um, but I'm not really in a hurry to take down the Christmas tree and stuff. Mid-January is pretty much the timetable for me. What is your timetable? Are you one of these people who leaves things up all the time? Or are you one of the people who I just don't understand who your tree is already up by the curb? 855-616-1620. It's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Brian for Jeff. 620 WTMJ. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. How long are your Christmas decorations staying up? I don't mind it. I think you leave them up as long as it makes you happy. I don't understand you people who have taken them down already. I got a text. I'm taking my Snoopy Christmas candy bowl home from work and my apartment door decorations down today, but I'm leaving my tree and interior decorations out for a few days. So it's almost like I'm going to be secretly still celebrating the holidays. I don't want anybody out there to know it. Don't look at my house. Don't shame me. Don't judge me. Uh, Look, I've but inside it's still oh, we're still all aglow with holiday cheer. Eight five five six one six one six twenty is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Hugh is in Florida. Hello, Hugh. Hi, how you doing up there? We are doing well today. I, I got to ask because normally uh, on December twenty sixth, if I get a call from Florida, I'm going to be very jealous. Today, not so much. What's the What's the temperature where you're at? Well, it's it's probably getting close to eighty, partly cloudy. But I, I just flew uh, back from uh, West Dallas uh, uh, last night, and I spent the, the Christmas uh, up there. And the weather was very it was very nice, and uh, had a beautiful. great time. And back down here to warm to warmer weather. But uh, I'm glad you guys are uh, having a, a nice uh, a, a kind of a warm type of Christmas, which is always it's it's probably easier on traveling and everything else. Now, let me ask you this, you because I, I brought this up before. It's it's different when you're in a warmer climate for the holidays, but you can still have that great holiday spirit. Would you agree? Absolutely. So you know, uh, you know, it, it, when I first moved down here in '95, uh, it got a little bit used to seeing uh, snowmen and deer and all that kind of stuff on green lawns uh, at <laughs> Christmas time. But you know, and, and then well, one of the, one of the things that I wanted to talk about that you talk about taking stuff down that irritates me is these icicles that people put under gutters, right. which is very popular up north, and it's very very popular down here. But the thing down here is 
you know, the weather's nice all year round. You could they never take them down. They're there all year round. And every once in a while, I've driven through subdivisions in the middle of July or August, and somebody accidentally hits the wrong switch, and all these things are lit up. That's so stupid. <laughs> That's too much. There, there's a, there is a point where stuff has to come down. And I think if you get right. if you get past February and you still have your outdoor lights up, especially like you said, Hugh, where you are, you could take them down whenever. Uh, right. Right, it's, it's too much. Oh, yeah, right, yeah. But uh, for myself, though, like our decorations uh, always go up uh, right after Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll leave them up uh, till probably next weekend after uh, after the New Year celebration. Yeah. But like I'll just say two real quick. I, I did see a Christmas tree that was already taken down, and, and, and that's ridiculous. Here, you know. That's what I'm talking about, and it, it makes you kind of sad. Hugh, I'm glad you made it safely back home. Thanks for the call, and happy New Year. Well, thank you very much. I, I really enjoyed myself up in Milwaukee. My 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 heart and, and soul are up in Milwaukee, but my body says you got to come to Florida in the winter. <laughs> there you go. Well, keep the body warm and the heart and soul can uh, you know they can fend for themselves. Take care. You love Thanks. your program. Love your program. Thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. See, if, if your tree is out today, I, I'm sorry. I'm judging you. I'm judging you that the only reason you had decorations up was because you felt you had to have them up for Christmas. Because it's the entire holiday season. It's not it's not just one day. But see, this is why this is why when people put their, their tree up before Thanksgiving, I'm like, you're gonna regret it. By the time Christmas comes, you are gonna be very sad and you are gonna really want to uh, to get rid of all this stuff. Meh. Maybe not. Um, so let's going back to uh, when it should come down. The bottom line is, the bottom line is whatever whatever is good, whatever is uh, good for you and your family. They do say that a good barometer, though, if you have a real tree, is once the needles start falling off, it's probably time. It's okay. No matter how good you were about putting water in the in the stand, and how good you were about keeping the dog from drinking all the water out of there, and you know you checked it every day. It's probably time. I have to share this text. We were talking about things that you returned or you couldn't wait to return from the 765. Hey, Brian, my brother apparently bought all my gifts at the dollar store automotive section. Sticky things, odd mirrors, bungee cords. I took it all back in exchange for five boxes of Pop-Tarts, not too shabby. That is a great switcheroo. Because the Pop-Tarts, they're going to lay, you know, how many Pop-Tarts you get in a box? What do you get, Eight? Six or eight in a box. I haven't bought pop tarts in a while. Kyle, you're a young man. You probably still eat pop tarts. How many do you get in a? Uh, how many do you get in a box? Well, I can't can't say when the last time I had a pop tart, but I believe you get eight of them. You, you get, get four pop- packages, two pop tarts, two pop tarts per package. That part I knew, mm-hmm. but I couldn't remember if it was three or four. Yep. Uh, strawberry frosted, obviously the ultimate pop tart. Let's don't even try to convince me. Don't come at me. Don't at me, as the kids say. Uh, I don't want to hear about the chocolate ones. I don't want to hear about blueberry strawberry uh, frosted, the best pop tart. But so now this guy has gotten uh, five times eight. That's forty pop tarts. If my math serves me, you can double-check that during the break. Uh, but I think 40 Pop-Tarts for the uh, sticky bunchy cords and odd mirrors, that's a great trade-off. Merry Christmas to you. Um, it's the holiday season, meaning not just one day. I enjoy our tree as long as the needles are not too dry. Uh, you're exactly right. Those people put up their tree too early and can't wait to take it down. That's from the 414. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's it. A couple of heartwarming Christmas tales before we turn our sights on Wausau, which we were going to do, we're going to do after one o'clock. Uh, Wausau in the news. 
Is all publicity good publicity? We'll find out. We've got a, a serious debate. But we've got a couple uh, just heartwarming Christmas stories, and we'll get to those after this on WTMJ. One more thought on the gift card, gifts, returning, things like that. This is from Renee. I always tell everybody, please don't buy me anything. Get me a gift card. My tree cannot fit any more ornaments. I have holiday houses and bins that are overflowing. I don't need anything. If you give me a gift card, then I can eventually get what I do need and what I want. So that, if somebody asks for a gift card, that changes, that changes the dynamic altogether. If, if that's what you really want or you know somebody... It, for a while, my niece, who's a teenager, and teenagers are notoriously hard to buy for, we would uh, we would ask my brother and sister-in-law, where does she like to shop? And we'd get her a gift card from there. Because then she can go find her other her, her own stuff. But then at least it's, uh, it's general. All right, I promised you a couple feel-good Christmas stories before we get to the top of the hour. This is a local story. It made me, it made me very happy. Uh, maybe you've heard it. Maybe you haven't. A Milwaukee County Transit System bus driver found two dogs that were wandering around Milwaukee streets and reunited them with their family just in time for the holidays. If you've seen the picture of these two dogs sitting on the bus, it's it's beautiful. The driver, Jamie Grabowski, and we got to give a shout-out to Jamie, uh, saw the dogs running in and out of the street. Uh, she spotted the dogs around midnight, back December 18th, after she finished her shift. She yelled to them, hey, come on, you need to go home. Come on inside. She let them on the bus. I don't know if they paid. I don't know if they had a pass. That's not in the story, and really, it's it's irrelevant. She let the dogs on. They came inside the bus. She contacted dispatch and played with the dogs until a police officer came and took them home. Uh, They were both about two years old in good health. Their pit bull and Doberman uh, were a pit bull and a Doberman pincer. Two dogs that, uh, on the surface, you don't want to see running around the streets. Not, and I know you can't label breeds as bad. I'm just, you know. You don't want to see any dogs running around, but these two, you know, they might they might be getting up to no good. That's all I'm saying. Uh, they were both sweet and playful. The same night, the family was searching, that family was un- searching unsuccessfully for their pets. She found them two and a half miles from their home. Uh, the dogs were reunited. Everybody was good. A Christmas miracle, Kyle. Yes, I'm putting it in the miracle column. You, you, can, you, you can argue with me, but I'm putting it there. Um... I usually frown on bank robbery. I know I'm going out on a limb there. I'm, I'm taking it, taking a stance that people are going to try to argue with me. But I am normally against bank robberies unless you're willing to share. A Colorado Springs bank robbery turned into a lovely Christmas story. Uh, Monday, a, a man, an older man, threatened to a bank with the use of a weapon. He took a page from another man with a white beard, Santa, according to witnesses. He robs the bank, came outside, and then threw the money everywhere. And he was yelling, uh, Merry Christmas. So he's throw So, yes, technically bank robbery is against the law. But he was doing it for, he was like Robin Hood, wasn't he? No, absolutely not. <laughs> People are going to start questioning, if they haven't already, are going to start questioning my mental health. Bystanders gathered. Uh, they gathered up the money. They returned it to the bank teller. Uh, the suspect calmly walked into the Starbucks next door and waited for the police. He was identified as David Wayne Oliver, taken into custody at the coffee shop. Um, and they don't know if he's got a lawyer or anything. But uh, yes, he went. Now, isn't that isn't that a lovely way to uh, to share the Christmas spirit? You know, it's a, you you rob a bank. 
You threaten a weapon. We don't know if he really had one. No, listen, I'm not condoning that. I don't want you to try this for New Year's so that we give you a, f- a favorable mention. I don't want to. I don't want to hear this story coming back to haunt me. It's wrong to rob a bank, but I like that he just maybe he maybe all of a sudden as he exited the bank, he was gobsmacked by the Christmas spirit and went, "I can't do this horrible act for my own gain. I need to share this ill-gotten money with everyone, so that we're all going to jail together." <laughs> that he just threw the money. I like too that nobody grabbed it and took off. Because let's be honest, Kyle, somebody starts throwing stacks of $100 bills outside uh, Radio City, I'm pocketing some, getting in the car, and heading to the mall. I I have character defects, it's obvious, but I think that's that's how we're going to do it. All right, on the other news, our laser-sharp focus turns to Wausau and projectiles being tossed about. All of that coming up after the news, which comes up after this on WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Nope, Jeff Wagner is off until January 1st. It's Brian Noon, and I will be with you until Jeff returns. 855-616-1620 is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line if you want to get involved in the show, and I would really like to because citizens of Wausau, I'm talking to you, your city council is about to... uh, possibly overturn an ordinance uh, allowing deadly weapons to be thrown about in your town. Well, am I, I could be a little hyperbolic there. It's, uh, this, I, I had never heard of this. But over the last few weeks, Wausau has been in the news nationally as well as locally because of a, um, a law and ordinance. Let's call it an ordinance. It's an ordinance about uh, throwing projectiles, rocks, arrows, spears, uh, anything you would throw. Unfortunately, lumped into that is snowballs, which had Wausau being called, quote, the worst town in America by some news outlets. Now, uh, Kyle, you are from Wausau, is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's right. You were born. Do you live there now, or is this your your childhood home? No, I was born in Appleton, but I moved there when I was a baby, and right. I lived there until tw- you know twenty four ish. Now time. I don't. So a long time. You lived in Wausau long enough to know uh, right from wrong. Yeah, I know the ins and outs. And, the ins yeah. and outs. Sure, the, the intricacies of the city government. Yeah. Let me ask you this, and you don't have to answer because I'm not quite sure of the statute of limitations on the violation of this ordinance did you in fact as a child ever throw a snowball yeah yes you you did yes all right um in anger or in fun well or a little of both yeah i mean it's it's hard to it's hard to i guess sort of recall exactly the intent behind my snowball throwing i'm sure there was plenty fun times sometimes you know you can throw a little little bit of malice in there of course especially if you put some Mm -hmm. slush in there too to you know and it's (laughs) not just a nice fluffy snowball Mm -hmm. it's kind of a frozen ice ball that's right that's more for things all right well the city uh the city has been having uh, some fun with this city council president lisa rasmussen said that recent negative national attention over the rarely used ordinance has raised questions about whether it could be time to take snowballs off the list this 19 this ordinance went into effect in 1962 so some of the stories that have been uh, have been wrong their reporting said this is a new ordinance this has been on the books since 1962 um it is it, again it was meant to stop people from 
throwing rocks at Now let's, you know, Wausau, to their credit, has addressed this head-on. They didn't duck from the issue. They didn't try to uh, brush it under the carpet. They faced it head-on, and they released a video. So let's, we'll listen to some of this video. But if you live in, in Wausau, I need to hear from you. Is this something that you have been feel like you've been living under the oppressive boot of the man for all these years since 1962, afraid to go out in your yard with your children and have an innocent snowball fight? Or afraid that your child, in a fit of anger on the playground, will hurl a snowball at somebody? And you thought, we could lose the house if this happens. That's a serious offense. So I need I need to know your feelings on this. And listen, you don't have to live in Wausau. You could you can live anywhere and have an opinion on it. Uh, my opinion is I can't believe they lumped snowballs in because I just I'm always amazed when uh, supposedly educated adults don't look at something and go, well, we we really kind of should look at this. But now they are. And here let's let's hear some of this statement. Don't. Hey, I, that's not funny yet. I'm still trying to figure this out. Hey, what's the city ordinance 9.08.020? Throwing or shooting of arrows, stones, and other missiles prohibited. No person shall throw or shoot any object. That one was close. Arrow, stone, snowball, or missile, or projectile by hand or any other means. Arrow, stone, snowball, or missile. Who? What? I want to know what was going on in Wausau prior to 1962. I mean, I know it was the Vietnam era and all that. Who was standing in Wausau's? Uh, do you have a Do you have a town square in Wausau? Yeah, there's like a like a sort of a central sure. downtown area. Were people down there throwing missiles around? I know that was way before your time, but uh, I I can't imagine that was that, that they decided. Well, listen, we've got to uh, we got to get this on the books because that that uh, that kid was throwing missiles. We didn't like it. So snowballs got lumped in with all this. Uh, speaking is uh, Deputy Chief uh, Matt Barnes. Um, so there, this is uh, this is who is speaking in this Wausau video. <laughs> any other person, or at, or into any building, street, sidewalk, alley, highway, park, playground, or other public place within the city. All right, this... hold on. Part of part of the fun of having snowballs is throwing them at stop signs, because when you're a kid, you want to, you know, you're working on your arm strength, you're working on your accuracy, because everybody wants to play baseball or football, so you're, you know, you're throwing these. So we. After 1962, you were not allowed to throw. I'm going to focus on the missiles because one, they seem very cumbersome to throw. But let's let's no, we'll put those aside. We'll focus on the snowballs. So you couldn't throw a snowball in a park, any public area. You couldn't throw them at anything. Now, of course, you couldn't throw them at a window uh, and break a window. But that's that's everyday law. That's not uh, you know we didn't have to put it in the books for this. All right, so now we're we're kind of clear where things are going. Subsection shall not apply to archery ranges under the supervision of the Park and Recreation Committee. Nor shall it apply to the bow hunting provisions within 9.08.010. The reason we're down here on this 34 degree day, which by the way is the perfect temperature for packing a snowball, is to address some of the inaccurate news that has been reported nationally about the city of Wausau. All right, we will we will address those inaccurate portrayals on the other side. But how how happy are you, Wausau residents? And let's be honest, the entire area, because now the snowball oppression is ending. 
855-616-1620. It's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Lines. Brian for Jeff, 620 WTMJ. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Wausau in the news for an ordinance that, again, if you missed uh, the wording of this ordinance in the video that was released that we'll get back to, no person shall throw or shoot any object, arrow, stone, snowball, or other missile or projectile by hand or by any other means at any other person or at, in, or onto any building, street, sidewalk, alley, highway park, playground, or other public place within the city. Now, if you just happen to toss it in the air and it hit you in the face, I think you're okay. But if you if you aimed it at anything else, there was trouble. Well, the um, the city council president, Lisa Rasmussen, has said, we're, you know, we're getting all this bad information out there. Wausau has been labeled the worst town in America by some news outlets, which I have a feeling uh, there's a lot worse. Just because you don't want people throwing uh, missiles or snowballs does not make you the worst town in America. might make you the most overly cautious town in America. But no, by, by no means are you the worst town in America. So Wausau has gotten ahead of this, and they've released a video. We've been going through it. Now uh, the video, which features, uh, which features the uh, Deputy Chief Matt Barnes, they're going to address some of the inaccuracies that the mainstream media, it's always the mainstream media coming out with misinformation about snowball ordinances. We've seen it all the time. Yes, it's fake snowball news. But we're going to address some of those inaccuracies now to set the record straight. It's these news sources stated that we had a brand new ordinance enacted by our mayor prohibiting having a snowball fight. First, the ordinance that I just read was enacted by our Wassa Common Council in 1962, long before I was even born. Now, wow, this rubbing it into the uh, we have to the uh, boomers. Um, was it put in. in place for a good reason. It's for the safety of our community. Oh, here comes the mayor. Welcome to Wassa. Wow. Hold, oh, hold on a second. Wait, we got to be concerned about the mayor. Do you think there were paramedics on hand? The mayor sounds a little winded. Am I wrong? <laughs> so they're in a huge like grass square. This, yeah. I know. And he's, outside, he's running. He man, was so. he was hustling. I don't know if somebody forgot to tell him that he was supposed to be on set for the video shoot, and they were like, "Mr. Mayor, where are you?" <gasps> oh my goodness! Take a breath, Mayor. It's okay. Or edit out the part where it sounds like he's going to pass out. Just but anyway, okay. Robert Melky, Mayor of the Great City of Wausau. Recently, a national magazine or media source had mentioned that Wausau is not a fun city. That can't be true. As I was saying, this ordinance is in place for the safety of our community. The Wausau Police Department has used this ordinance and issued citations about 10 times in the last 15 years. It's nine times too many. And over that time, only on two occasions has it been used to address people throwing snowballs. Oh. In both those occasions, um, the individuals throwing snowballs were throwing them at moving cars driving down the roadways. In the other occasions where this ordinance has been utilized, we have people shooting crossbows in their yards and having <laughs> the arrows or bolts fly Hold out on. of their yard. What's going on, Wausau? What are you up to? What's what's happening over there? Are, are wild turkeys, coyotes? Kids need to be taught a lesson. Why are you shooting crossbows in your yard? And well, we set up targets, Brian. We're practicing for hunting season. Do that out in the woods. Don't do that in the yard where if you miss, suddenly your neighbor's barbecue is ruined. Because nothing says, hey, Dad, what's for dinner? Like an arrow through the head. Okay. 
backyard, landing in neighbors' yards and burying themselves in their trees. It's been used for people throwing heavy sandbags off the roof of uh, parking ramps in our area, with people walking on the sidewalks below them. This <laughs> Again, my question, what's going on in Wausau? There's ordinances like this throughout the United States. The idea that someone picked up on this information and decided to write a factually inaccurate article that has national implications is absurd and it's insulting to this community. The reason we're here today is because, unfortunately, that story went viral and right. we feel the need to correct it. In case that's not clear to individuals in our community, um, a fun snowball fight is a fun snowball fight, and that's not something we enforce this ordinance with. All right. Um, that's on the good other hand, um, throwing snowballs at people that may not want it. Oh! <laughs> that one got away from me. No, it didn't. You hit exactly who you wanted to hit. We do like to have a great time here in the city of Wausau. There's a lot of good things in our city, great people, great employees, and a wonderful place to live. If well, the... that was a fastball at close range. All right. I don't know if the... I, I'm not sure what the national implications are for Wausau. Um, there are a lot of fun things. If we do not do a giant snowball fight there, the first big snow, then we are missing out on a giant promotional opportunity. I, I remember this ordinance being a thing as I was a kid growing did up. They, did they talk about it when you were when you were little? They, I mean, my parents were, were born against it. The the cops would like remind us. The teachers also, like our teachers in grade school, remind us of it. Really? Um, because basically, because um, kids would like live in certain neighborhoods that with uh, houses are packed all together. Sure. So they would go to either parks within you know stones throw or whatever, or go to the school itself. Yeah. And play games, and they would have large mounds of the plowed snow yeah. right and we would play on that and we would throw uh snowballs at each other and eventually of course because you were a kid and kids would get hurt and then that would be the reason why and then parents would get involved and then it's this huge thing oh uh, yeah and eventually it is like schools would outlaw the entire thing like schools would be like you will get suspended if you throw snowballs just once well i I understand, like, on the on the playground at school, when kids are out at recess and you've plowed the playground or whatever and there's these big icy hills, yes, that's fine. Because school, you have to keep a different kind of order. Because, one, the kids are going to get all wet and soggy and hurt during recess, and then they're going to come in and your afternoon's blown because you're putting Band-Aids on whiny kids. But as city, as the whole, I get... Listen, there's already laws in place. Uh, I, if somebody's throwing snowballs at moving cars and causing accidents, obviously that is that's affecting the safety of the community. But the police are going to stop. There, there's something else to cover. I don't know how this got out. I'm blaming uh, somebody on the city council for leaking this and perhaps some underhanded political move to oust an opponent uh, trying to get some national attention for this. I do applaud Wausau for coming out and standing up so strongly to this, though, and calling out, once again, the fake snowball-related media. Um, myself, uh, part of that media, I feel I feel somewhat responsible, but I'm here trying to set the record straight. Uh, you know, that just, uh, it seems strange. And it, it's funny to me that, as a child, you were warned about this. So yeah. this is not, this isn't, again, nothing that's new, but the fact that they would warn the kids. Listen, it's a Kyle. It's going to snow. Now you know you can't put any snow in your hands, don't or you're going to jail. Ideas. You're gonna, yeah. Don't don't start getting crazy out there. <laughs> I don't want you making a sphere out of that frozen stuff. We don't even say the word in the house.
It's like Voldemort. It's the, the, the winter object that shall not be named. But don't get any ideas, because I'm not visiting you in jail. Your father and I cannot afford to bail you out. So, you know, do what you want, but remember where you live. You want to throw snowballs, you go down to Racine. They're crazy with the snowballs in Racine. You can do whatever you want. It's like the Wild West. But here in Wausau, that doesn't fly. All right, let's do this. Then there's more. It's WTMJ. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. It's Brian Noonan in for Jeff. Jeff will be back January 1st, 2020, new decade. I will be with you until that time. Happy to be here. 855-616-1620 is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. It's about time to get off social media. And not the usual reasons. We hear all the time, well, you know, people are on their phones all the time. They're on social media. It's taking all their time. They're not paying attention to their family or their friends. It's all that. No. It's gotten to the point, and we started hearing about it with the last election, and I'm not, you know, we're not delving into the politics of it, except for the fact that all these fake accounts are out there. We know that. Uh, it's creepy that if you Google something on a, you know, you go to a department store website, all of a sudden, on your Facebook feed or in your social media, your Instagram, whatever, which is powered by Facebook, uh, all of a sudden you're seeing ads for this. So we know that our privacy is being eroded all the time. We know that things are out there that we shouldn't. And despite the fact that we hear all these warnings, we still want to be on Facebook because we want to see what our friends are up to. We want to compare our lives to other people. We want to use it to I don't know, brag a little bit, you know, because everybody's le- leading their best lives on social media. Rarely do you see somebody post a picture of their house all messy, them sitting there, uh, you know, trying to balance their checkbook, trying to make the, you know, ends meet, trying to pay bills that they don't have the money for. We don't see that on social media. We need to put our best lives forward on social media. But it's time to back away, I think. Uh, this uh, report came out of Ireland, but it's, it's happening all over. Artificially generated faces of people who don't exist are now being used to front fake Facebook accounts in an attempt to trick users and game the company's systems uh, according... And they they admitted this last week. Experts who reviewed the accounts say it's the first time they have seen fake images like this being used at scale as part of a single social media campaign. So it used to be, if you didn't have a picture, you know, it'd flag Facebook's algorithms and they'd... Uh, that's out. The, re- the accounts were removed by Facebook last Friday supposedly, but they were part of a network that generally posted in support of President Trump and against the Chinese government. Experts who reviewed the accounts said many of the accounts uh, promoted links to Facebook to a Facebook page and website called the BL. Facebook said the accounts were tied to U.S.-based Epoch Media Group, which owns the Epoch Times newspaper, a paper tied to the Falun Gong movement that is similarly pro-Trump. All right, leaving the politics out of this. What's it going to take for you to stop using social media? It's very hard. I, for myself, I always use the excuse, well, I use it to help promote the show. You know, this is a way to reach, reach the audience, share information, share stories, share different things with uh, people who are listening. Um, so that's how I use it. But let's be honest, and I'll be honest with you, I also like to see all the crazy stuff that other people are doing. I use it also to keep up with people that I haven't seen, friends of mine that live across the country that I don't see all the time. 
uh, people that I haven't seen in a long time that I don't really ever need to see in person again, but I follow them on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. But now I'm seeing this, and if you you don't believe anything you see, right? You can't. If my wife posts a picture on Facebook, I'm going to go home and ask her in person, hey, hey, did you put this up or did somebody else do it? A Facebook spokesperson gave an interview to CNN Business uh, and said that executives at the BL were active administrators. That he, This revelation of the use of artificially generated images in this way points to an increasingly complicated online information landscape as America enters a presidential election. So as we start, as we go into our election year, how are we going to know? You know, maybe I see Kyle's face on a post, but it's not Kyle. It's somebody who is using his face or taking, you know, some similarities of one of our faces and computer generated something in order to make it uh, make it look good. They used profile pictures that appeared to show real people smiling and looking directly into the camera. But the people do not and have never existed. They were created using artificial intelligence. It's the same basic method that is used to produce deep fake videos. Have you heard of these? Where it, they, they use this technology and they can make it look like you are doing any number of things and people will believe it because the technology is so good then all of a sudden you know it's out there and you don't you have no idea i'm i'm at a crossroad because social media has become such a part of our lives the thought of giving it up seems impossible and i know it's not impossible but i don't know i try i try to cut down and not use it as much but in this day and age everyone is on social media if you if you're not i'd like to i'd like to if you never were on social media or if you've quit and if you have quit how did you do it how did it how did it go for you um from uh, one of the texters, if you do get off social media, I'll be very disappointed. I won't be able to find, uh, oh, what about, thank you. Uh, said, won't be able to, won't be able to know when I'm on, where I'm on, because I sound like his racquetball instructor when he was a little kid. I, I, I'm hoping that means you had a good experience with your racquetball instructor, Jeff, who's uh, texting in. But, I don't know. Uh, so this, now this is, this focus of this story was on politics and pro-Trump groups and anti-China groups. We know that's going to be a huge issue as the election moves forward. But we also know that it's not going to be the last thing that these kind of fake accounts are used for. And that scares me, and it should scare you. And I don't know what to do with the privacy issue. I wrestle with this all the time. If we get off of social media, yeah, we're not going to have our data used in that way. But you know everywhere you go, your data is used. Anytime you click anytime you click on a website, anytime you follow a link somewhere, your data is being harvested. So I don't know what to do. Now, I'll share one more story that will probably make you, hopefully make you reconsider as things go on. It is about an app that many people may use.
We'll talk about that and get your thoughts at 855-616-1620, the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Are you ready after you're hearing this and all these other privacy concerns, are you ready to ditch social media? Do you think you can do it? And if you have done it, how did you do it? It's Brian for Jeff, 620 WTMJ. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. I tell you, at the beginning of the show, you can follow me on social media. It's Brian Noonan Show, Facebook and Twitter. And maybe I'm doing a disservice not only to you, but to myself. The new uh, report coming out that Facebook has uh, been plagued by accounts that are being fronted by artificially generated faces of people that don't exist uh, in an effort to uh, promote political thought. Then another story comes out the other day that an app that became the most popular app uh, in the U.S. last week, Totok, it's a um, it's a chat app, but it's also being used to spy on you by the governments. Well, the government of the uh, United Arab Emirates, that's where it began, and they were using it to actually spy on people to suppress speech and to suppress people uh, voicing negative opinions. But as I said, it became the most downloaded social app in the U.S. last week, according to uh, apps rankings. So it's here. It's also a huge throughout the Middle East, Europe, Asia, Africa, and North America. So we're, we're downloading apps that give the government a way to look at us. And I hate to sound like a crazy conspiracy theorist. I hate to, you know, like one of these movies, uh, Enemy of the State with Will Smith, where everybody is being watched. But it seems more and more that it is. That's the case. So where's the tipping point going to be? What is going to make you finally say, you know what? I'm done with social media. I'm done with these social apps. I'm just going to uh I'm just going to go back to the way things used to be. Like Tom in Waukesha, he texted in. Uh, I was on Facebook for a while and found myself constantly on it. One day a few years back, I disabled it, and it was the best thing I ever did. I keep up with people the old-fashioned way, and it's not constantly on my phone anymore. That, again, from Tom. It's become such a part of your life. Can you get rid of it? Uh, Mike is in West Bend. Hi, Mike. Welcome to WTMJ. Well, thank you, and yes, you can. Yeah, my name is Mike, and I'm 64 years old. I used to own two businesses. I retired two years ago, and businesses did me quite well. The point I'm trying to make is I ran those businesses as Pedico Junction. I have absolutely zero social media. Okay. No, no Facebook, no Twitter, none of that kind of stuff. You have to just go back and think of the respect that your grandparents or great-grandparents had years ago. They never had any of this kind of stuff. It's just through hard work. And just through common sense, getting in touch with people, that's where you, get all, you learn you don't even need it. I don't have it to this day. I still have a flip-flop phone. <laughs> it does me quite well. Mike, can I ask what kind of businesses you had? Uh, I won't say what businesses or whatever and all that. Uh, I used to own a couple liquor stores. Okay, that's well, fine. that's, yeah, no, that's, yeah, that's fine. So those are, those are the kind of businesses that you can do quite well. You don't. The the argument would be you don't need social media for that because if people are if people are why if they want to buy beer wine or liquor they're gonna they're gonna come to their local liquor store if you have a good selection 
if you have good prices and good service, that's what's going to keep people coming back, right? So you don't need you don't need that social media. You just need to work hard, as you say, the old-fashioned way to make sure that your customer is happy, and that customer is going to tell somebody else, and you're going to keep you know you're going to keep building probably, that one. Well, it's probably the only liquor stores uh, in the state of Wisconsin that don't have any type of uh, social media or whatever, because I ran it like Pentacle Junction. I ran it like the old school with respect to my grandfather and great-grandfather. That's why it's just a mindset for people. You have to think back to what our ancestors have, have got us here to this point. They didn't need that stuff. Right. They live a good life. There you go. Well, Mike, congratulations on retirement, and thanks for the call. Happy New Year. Appreciate it. All right. Thank Take you care. very much for your time. My pleasure. Uh, from the 414, I got a work phone, not tons of Internet, so I stopped going to Facebook. I still have a page. Sure, there are tons of messages and whatnot, but I really don't miss it, and I still have not looked on a home computer. So maybe that's it. Maybe it's just cold turkey. Is that the way, is that the way to do it? Uh, another text, I've been, on fa- I've been Facebook free since the summer of 2016 when someone I didn't even know uh, blew me up for a comment I made. It's been easy, and I have more time to myself. I do zero social media, and it's uh, so just from now. Granted, this is a very small sample size. Few texters seem very happy not to be on social media. Kyle, are you a social media denizen? Uh, not really. I have a Facebook that I don't really post okay. to anything. I have a Twitter, but I don't tweet. I you use don't it. Tweet? I use it as like a news resource. You know, okay. if something brand new is happening, or if I want to sure. fill, follow up with like free agent stuff on the NBA. There you go. That's great. Um, so it's, a, it's like a, uh, the old school ticker tape for you. It's just your news source. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And then Instagram as well, but very infrequently. It's just okay. yeah. It's not really something I'm into. And you don't. It doesn't seem like you miss it. No, I don't. I don't feel a need to okay. to, to give more to it. You know what I mean. I, yeah. I, I I'm happy with what it gives me, but okay. I don't. I don't feel like I need to give. more. You don't need to feed the beast. Yeah, I don't need to. I don't need to post because I mean uh, the people that I see, I see pretty frequently yeah. anyway. So see, that's a that's a a good way to think. Greg is in Waukesha. Hi, Greg. Hi, Brian. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Good. I'm actually calling you from my new uh, cell phone right now, which I will be installing. Facebook on, by the way. All right, very Um, good. But anyway, I use Facebook uh, to promote uh, different businesses, uh, different local musicians that I know, um, different. uh, So I I feel like I use Facebook for its good, but I also do spend my time scrolling a little bit. But uh, whenever I scroll, I tend to share anything that is is good about like i said i look for a lot of local businesses what they're doing uh local musicians i work with about 30 or 35 local musicians including our friends carly and martina oh uh, very Brian, nice. I have them, you know post um post stuff uh so i feel like i use it for it's good i don't know if i'm just rationalizing or justifying myself that i'm on facebook because I am on there an awful lot. Well, see, and, I, and I'm I'm with you, Greg. I I worry that I'm justifying it. I'm gonna say, well, I'm promoting the show, and I'm doing this, and I'm staying in contact with people who want to know what's going on. But I do, you know, I do spend time looking at other people's posts, and uh, you know, not really commenting, and I don't I don't do a lot of uh, tweeting because uh, Twitter seems, you know, that's where that's an abyss. That you just get sucked into. Yeah, I'm not on Twitter. Yeah, yeah I never but, got the whole Twitter concept. I do think there is a place, and and uh, you're right, Greg. And thank you for the call. Happy New Year. Uh, 
Craig's right in the fact that there there is a a use for it that you can you can use it for productive things if you are if you are trying to promote yourself or if you're if you're a business and you want to have a Facebook page and you want to post uh things from your customers but there's also the drawback where if you're a business and you have a Facebook page unless you are really uh going to shut it down where nobody can comment you open yourself up to the entire world of trolls which is a an ugly ugly part of social media because everybody as much as this does democratize conversation and it gives everybody a platform let's be honest everybody doesn't need a platform there was a reason that back in the day only psychotics would stand on a soapbox on a corner and scream things out now everybody has a soapbox from the privacy of their phone or their home and you know i don't really think we all need that that's just me. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, uh, parents, you love your children. You love to go see them in various activities. But sometimes they do things and you just shake your head and go, I don't think that child's mine. We need to run some sort of DNA check because uh, they've embarrassed me. We'll talk about that and give you an example. On the other side, it's Brian for Jeff, WTMJ. All right, how many of you went to uh, your kids' Christmas recitals? A piano recital, dance recital, something over these last couple months, or when your kids were little, and you're so filled with hope because your young progeny was going to wow the crowd with feats of wonder, and yet, eh, maybe it didn't go so well. The nice thing is you were probably one of those parents, like me, who was videotaping everything, so you have evidence, like this. Christmas play was going on. This happened in the UK. A little girl was dressed as an angel. She was in her Christmas play. Um, unfortunately, prior to the prior to the program, she had pulled a little hangnail on one of her fingers. Happened to be her middle finger. So she's five. She was trying to show her mom how she hurt herself throughout the program. So in effect, she was flipping off the entire audience during the entire school play. Uh, <laughs> Her mom, of course, was not paying attention to that. She was trying to, you know, as a parent, you know, you're sitting in the the audience and you're trying to, you know, hush your kid if they're walking away or you're trying to move it. Well, that didn't happen. Uh, poor kid. She just spent the whole time trying to show uh, her mom that she'd hurt her middle finger. The mortified mom said her daughter initially raised just one of her middle fingers, but eventually cranked up the other one as well in order to compare her hurt finger to the non-injured one. Mom, look at this one's hurt. Not like this one. I'm just showing you, Kyle, I hurt my finger. I'm not sending you a message. I just, I'm, I'm a little injured. Uh, we have video evidence of my daughter from a dance recital when she was very young picking her nose, and we have never let her forget this. Every once in a while, we'll pull out the video and go, hey, Molly, let's watch, let's watch you on your dance recital again as you go knuckle deep. Uh, all right, on the other side of the news, redemption and forgiveness. When can we do that for a celebrity? And when should somebody who's accused of stuff just shut up and go away? We'll do that. But right now, it is almost time for the news, which comes your way next on WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. All right, I'll tell you again. Jeff's not here. 
No, Jeff will be back on January 1st. I'm Brian Noonan, and I have the pleasure of sitting in for Jeff while he is enjoying his holiday break. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you want to get a hold of us, when you call in, you'll be talking to Kyle. He's the executive producer of the big broadcast. Be nice to him, and you will get to me. Some people don't deserve a second chance. Uh, some do, but some people should just shut up and wait for the time. Because in order to receive forgiveness and redemption, sometimes it takes a little time, and you cannot force that. You know uh, the actor Kevin Spacey. You know he was accused of sexual harassment. There was a lawsuit that was dropped. Uh, he uh, he had pleaded not guilty to the charges. He faced up to five years in prison if he was convicted. Last year, after this all broke, he put out a crazy video on Christmas Eve where he uh, you know, was channeling his character, Frank Underwood, from House of Cards, which was a show that I really enjoyed until all these allegations broke and more and more came out about the actor. And then I couldn't watch the show anymore. And I think I'm like a lot of people where you can't separate the actor from uh, the person or from the role. So I couldn't watch... House of Cards, without thinking of Kevin Spacey, not thinking of Frank Underwood. Um, he put out another video on Christmas Eve where he was again channeling a character that he hasn't played in a while because he was removed from the show because of all these uh, allegations against him. And they involved, they involved young men and uh, underage and all, all kinds of things. Now, he hasn't been convicted of anything, but in the court of public opinion, Kevin Spacey should not be on TV. The people at Netflix thought the same thing. They continued the show for another couple years without him. Uh, I don't know how that went, but that was that. So can you support or can you forgive an actor or an athlete after they've been accused or convicted of something? When do we get the second chance? But before we do that, let's, let's listen to this insane rambling from Kevin Spacey for a minute. You didn't really think I was going to miss the opportunity to wish you a Merry Christmas, did you? We were hoping. It's been a pretty good year, and I'm grateful to have my health back. And in light of that, I've made some changes in my life, and I'd like to invite you to join me. As we walk into 2020, I want to cast my vote for more good in this world. Ah, yes, I know what you're thinking. Can he be serious? I'm dead serious. And it's not that hard, trust me. The next time someone does something you don't like, you can go on the attack, but you can also hold your fire and do the unexpected. You can kill them with kindness. All right, Creepy Joe. All right, first of all, if you're killing someone with kindness, the ominous I'm taking over the world music, probably not the best out cue. Especially, you know how I talked about conspiracies before? Let me toss this one out. Um, an author and Norwegian royal who accused Kevin Spacey of groping him died by suicide yesterday at the age of 47. He is the second Spacey accuser to die in the past three months. Plus, then there was the accuser who dropped all the charges. Now, I don't know if kindness is killing these men, but something is. And I guess you could say it was themselves. 
So you hear that, and what is your first thought? My first thought is, hey, Kevin Spacey, shut up. You've, you've been accused of all these things. Uh, your accusers are dying left and right. Strange, strange uh, coincidences are causing another accuser to drop all the charges. Now, you may or may not be guilty. I don't know. But is it me, or should you just turn tail and be quiet for a little while? Because people are forgiving, especially of celebrities. I mean, look at Michael Vick. Michael Vick is going to get another chance unless the NFL wises up and listens to its fans. People, people still listen to Michael Jackson music. I'm sure there are people who can't wait for Bill Cosby to get out of jail and go back on tour. You know, his publicist, like we talked about the other day, very excited about that possibility. But Kevin Spacey is now coming out again with a really creepy, really ominous holiday greeting and urging us to kill people with kindness when they, when they do you wrong. Or you perceive them to do you wrong. Now, that's not a bad piece of advice overall. You know, you don't have to completely attack everybody. You shouldn't just shouldn't just roll over and take it if somebody is doing something to you that you don't like. But sitting in front of a fire, holding a, a big poker and jabbing the log while ominous music plays is not the way to go. So who deserves a second chance? I think everybody deserves a second chance. But when do we give it to them? We don't give we don't give somebody a second chance based on when they want it. We give somebody a second chance based on when time and circumstance allows us to feel that they deserve it. You have to earn a second chance. And I don't think Kevin Spacey has earned that in public opinion. Um I don't think the guy should never be able to make a living again. But I don't think this uh, this little video enhances his cause. How willing are you to forgive a celebrity or an athlete when they do something wrong? And is it on their terms or yours? 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. When I hear from you, we'll share our opinions after this. WTMJ. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. When can you forgive an athlete or an actor, celebrity, for something they maybe they haven't been convicted of, like Kevin Spacey, but have been accused of? Can it go on? Are you are you listening? I can't use Michael Jackson as a real big uh, example because I never really listened to a lot of Michael Jackson music after the Bad album because uh, everybody listened to Bad, so I listened to that. But uh, you know, so I don't know. Did it, su- did it surprise me, the allegations that came out against him? No, it didn't make me, uh, you know, it didn't make me not listen to his music, but it didn't do anything. Bill Cosby, Bill Cosby, I grew up a huge fan of Bill Cosby. Now I won't listen to it anymore because of what he's been convicted of. Uh, Michael Vick, Michael Vick is a, is a tough call for me because, yeah, he went to jail. Uh, he did his, did his time and stuff. But I have such a hard time understanding how anybody can be that cruel to an animal. I have a hard time understanding how people are that cruel to humans, but to animals, that 
I don't think I don't think now uh, he needs to be rewarded. I, I've changed my opinion on this, quite honestly, because back back a few years ago when there was when he got out of jail and there was talk of him coming back to the NFL, I thought, listen, he's paid his he's paid his dues, and this is how he makes his living. If he had been a plumber, he would have been able to come out and continue being a plumber. Um, it just so happens he's a he was a highly paid athlete. That's his trade. So back then I thought, well, he should be able to apply his trade. And now I'm having now I'm having a lot of second thoughts about that. But I still tend to fall on the side what yes, what he did was despicable and horrible. But time has passed, he has paid his dues, he needs to be able to make a living. Uh, what people what people have a hard time with is the living he makes is going to afford him a wonderful salary and a very plush lifestyle that most of us will never experience you know i'm sure there are people who have done things as bad as him that get out that we don't know about because they are not high profile and then they move on this kevin spacey thing though with the video We've got to delve into this a little more, because I thought it was only the second person to die. It's not. It's the third accuser of his to die. Plus, the one has dropped a uh, dropped thing. But uh, the text line, it really depends on the behavior. I have moved on from Ryan Braun's PEDs and deception, but I can't get past something that involves a sex crime, women's battery, or animal mistreatment. So, you know, that's it. So now the Kevin Spacey conspiracy uh, deepens. Because I just uh, we just told you that uh, yesterday, a uh, prominent Kevin Spacey accuser killed himself, Ari Ben. He was a he was married to Norwegian princess Martha Louise, so he died. Uh, in May, Linda Culkin, who accused Spacey of sexual harassment, was killed when she was struck by a vehicle in Massachusetts. Then in September, an anonymous massage therapist who accused Spacey of sexual assault died in the middle of a lawsuit against the actor. This is sounding just like a script from House of Cards. I don't know if you ever... Did you ever watch that show? In one of the seasons, somebody got pushed in front of a train. So three three deaths of accusers and one accuser dropping the charges. Listen, I like to build up a conspiracy theory. And then Kevin Spacey's telling you to kill them with kindness. Coincidence? I don't know. What do you think? Could it be? Could it be? Have you? Are you now that now that you hear all this? Are you ready to let Kevin Spacey back on TV? Are you? Are you ready to watch him again and uh, and welcome him back into your homes and into movie theaters? Now that you know that you know, if you if you accuse him, there's there's a chance you might end up dead. It's terrifying. So he's been out of the spotlight uh, since the misconduct accusations in 2017, and uh, we will see if it uh, if it goes on. I I don't know. I think I think we all deserve a second chance. But as I said before, the second chance comes when the person who was wronged decides to give you the second chance. You don't get to dictate when you get a second chance. Mark is in Kenosha. Hi, Mark. You're on WTMJ. Hey, thanks for having me. Sure. You know, we're, we're talking about all the celebrities that have, you know, kind of gotten passes almost by a lot of people just because of their stature. Uh, what about celebrities that have gone on to become president? Uh, because as I was talking to my coworker the other day, uh, he said, well, show me one thing that he's done that's been proven in a court of law. 
So I pointed out the Southern District of New York case where uh, he was just sentenced to pay a couple million dollars right. out to, uh, to the charities because he was misusing charity funds. And, uh, and everybody seems to, to not mind that at all. It seems like we've just well, given a, a free pass on that. Well, the, the, then the answer to that is the president has gotten his second chance and third chance from, uh, from people. And there's you know other people in those high-profile positions that seem to be getting the same kind of... Uh, the same kind of passes, and I don't, you know, on, on, on all of those cases, I'm not sure exactly why. It seems like the people who, the people who were either accused or uh, convicted of these wrongdoings, they're the ones who are making the decisions of when they should get their second chances, and uh, how we should how we should move along and forgive them. Mark, I appreciate the call. Happy New Year! All right, let's do this. Then there is another travesty that has befallen the fine citizens of Milwaukee. It is. Well, I don't want to say price gouging, but I want to say we're we're paying more for something that our neighbors to the south are not. What is it? And why are we doing this? And what's our limit? A lot of things to ask. It's all going to come up next on WTMJ. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Uh, Kyle had a very interesting question going back to this Kevin Spacey thing. What was your question, Kyle? Well, why is it always Christmas? How come he's not sending these, you know, sort of season greetings and the other fun holidays that bring families together, like Easter or Arbor Day? That's a very good question. All I can figure is that he's, uh, you know, he's huddled up in some winter uh, fortress of solitude, and he's got the fire. Because that, let's be honest, that video wouldn't have been as ominous had he been out in a field of lilies with the Easter bunny. But him sitting around poking a fire... And uh, you think maybe the spirits of Christmas past or future are coming to visit him, and he wakes up just in a frenzy, and he goes, i got to make a video. <laughs> That's right. Get me my holiday sweater, Jeeves. Because <laughs> I, I imagine he has manservants all around. Because I, I don't know why, but I'm picturing Kevin Spacey in a big estate somewhere. You know, out he's been, he's been driven away from the masses, and now he's out there, and he's out there just waiting. And he pulls the... It, it's very Christmas, Carol. He's pulling the cur- curtains from around his bed, and he leaps out, and he's got to make his uh, make his video. Yeah, Arbor Day, not going to be... S- sitting on a dock on the 4th of July, drinking a mojito in Bermuda shorts, that's not going to be as imposing. So Christmas is the... That's the one. That, and Halloween, too obvious. So, you know, <laughs> comes out dressed like Skeletor. Why are we paying $2 more a beer at the Milwaukee Chris Crindle market than they are at Chicago? What's going on? Were you even aware of this? Probably not. That's why I'm here. Because you're going down to the Chris Crindle market, Chris Kindle market, which are always fun. There, I love walking around there. You see all the holiday things. Maybe you get yourself a mulled wine, a nice beer. But you didn't know that while you're paying $10 a beer here, in Chicago, they are only paying $8 for the same beer. That's right. Here in Brew City. This is not, that doesn't make any sense. Um, so they're saying German wines are also more expensive in Milwaukee. A wine pour here in the souvenir mug, $8 in, uh, in Chicago, $10 here in Milwaukee. The Chicago and Milwaukee Chris Kindle markets are run by the German American Events, LLC, part of the German American Chamber of Commerce of the Midwest. They sell the same thing, Bitburger, uh, Benedictiner, and Kostner beers. Uh, Milwaukee also sells Erninger. These are beers that I am not familiar with, uh, which is strange because I'm familiar with most beers. But 
they're paying more. And uh, somebody, the, the beer stands outside, um, outside, there are run by the Bucks, but they don't. They say they don't. Uh, the organization makes the decision to uh, to do that. So what? How much are you willing to pay? Because I have a hard time when I go to any event, uh, paying an exorbitant amount for a beer. I'll look around and I have a limit and. You, Eight bucks is pretty much it. If I go to a brewery or something and a pint is six, seven dollars, eh, okay, that's a craft beer. If I'm somewhere else and a beer is eight bucks, I'm gonna pull the plug. But listen, if you're if you want to spend some money or save some money, you can go to the Chris Kindle Market in Chicago. But if you're here, just uh, bring a few extra bucks because you are paying more for your beer. Now, speaking of beer, a very, very unique museum is opening. Perhaps you've had too many beers. This would be the museum to go to. We'll explain, and we'll get your ideas for some exhibits on the other side. But at 2.30, we have to head into the WTMJ Breaking News Center because Tony Bedock is ready. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. It's Brian Noonan in for Jeff through uh, the end of the year. Jeff will be back on January 1st, 2020 at noon. If you were going to have an exhibit in a hangover museum, what would your exhibit be? Why do I ask this? That seems like a strange question, Brian. Yeah, it's not. Because the Museum of Hangovers has just opened. Now, granted, it's in Zagreb, Croatia, but it's still a wonderful thing. Because most of us, I won't say all, but most of us have at one time or another over-imbibed. Maybe it was during the holiday season. Maybe it was just uh, on a random Thursday. And uh, the next day we were hungover beyond our wildest dreams. Those are usually the days that are followed by, I swear to God, I'm never going to drink again. Thankfully, God's not listening because you know you break that promise a day later. But uh, a university student in Zagreb was out enjoying drinks with friends. Uh, They started swapping funny hangover stories, which I would love to do with you. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Uh, it's the holidays. Some of you are off until, you know, after the first of the year. Some of us were working today, but uh, there still might be a story. Suddenly, his friends and he had an idea, uh, some sort of collection where all the objects from drunk stories would be exposed together with their stories. Six months later, uh, in the building right next to where the story took place, he opened the Museum of Hangovers. Um... The exhibits include displays of objects people found inexplicably the morning after a boozy night, a room where visitors can te- test their reflexes after putting on beer goggles. <coughs> Excuse me, beer goggles. I took it. The beer went down the wrong way. Yes, I'm trying trying to get into the uh, the mood right now. Boy, oh boy. Sorry about that. And an interactive section where they can share their own best and worst hangover experiences. Uh, the gift shop is there. Of course, you can't have a museum without having a gift shop. And they have uh, they sell Drunkopoly, board games, and uh, bar activities like darts, which is something if you are either drunk or hungover, you probably want to stay away from. Especially, as we talked about earlier, if you're in Wausau, where you can't throw anything. So you don't want to do that. So uh, this, uh, this guy, this uh, Rhino Dubovic, 
is a study, he's studying computer science, and he says that the point of the museum is not to glorify overindulgence. It's a physical representation of the kinds of talks that he had with friends where everyone is sharing stories and bonding about things they did in the past. And who hasn't gotten together with their friends after a night out and regaled each other with the stories? Do you remember what you did? Did you, uh, you know, what did we eat? Where did we go? What happened? What's, we've all had those stories. Some of them are funny and lighthearted. Others are like, dude, you got to stop because that was, that was scary. Uh, either way. So as I said, visitors are encouraged to share their own drunk stories. The museum opened December 1st. It's a test concept. Um, the reaction's been very positive so far. He hopes he'll be able to uh, get some additional funding. Uh, it is not the first unorthodox museum to open in Zagreb the home of unorthodox museum. They did a broken relationships museum. That ended up coming to uh, coming to Los Angeles a few years after that one opened. So you never know. Maybe the, maybe the Museum of Hangovers would come to Milwaukee. If it did, what kind of the things would you put in there? He said his own personal uh, Museum of Hangover display would include a menu from a fast food delivery app. Because he said he orders pizza when he's hungover because he's too lazy to do anything. All right, if the museum opened here, the Museum of Hangovers, what would you include? And what would your story be? I think, now it's been, thankfully, it's been a long time since I've been in that uh, situation. But mine, back in the day, would definitely have included uh, a bag of White Castles and a two liter of Pepsi. Because that was, that was the go-to when things got crazy. And... You know, we've all we've all done it. But did, as we're hearing about this, do you think, despite what he says, that this glorifies things? Are these stories that we should be joking about? I think we should be able to joke about them, as long as it's not, boy, you were really dumb. You drove your car and you you wrecked it. That's that's not a lighthearted story. But we all have the lighthearted stories of a friend getting too drunk and maybe you you know drew a mustache on them, uh, which has happened. Or, you know, just they said something stupid to somebody else because they were drunk. Or suddenly they were very honest about things that maybe they didn't need to be so honest about. And then there's the next day and what you do. Some people, I remember some people, friends of mine, they couldn't leave the couches. You know, some hangovers are just debilitating. Some are just that little mildly nauseating hangover where you're just like, all right, I've, I've, had just about enough, and that's it. But mine always, mine always were healed by aspirin and greasy food, which I think is the way most of us can deal with that sort of uh, that sort of thing. So if you're ever in Zagreb, Croatia, make sure you stop by. I would like to see that museum come here, though. I think it would be funny. So we went to a museum of death in Los Angeles. My daughter was out there doing a uh, an internship a couple summers ago, and I went out. Have you heard of the museum of death? It is. Uh, it's as horrifying as you would think it is. There is, uh, you know, there's there's rooms with uh, serial killers. There's rooms with different sorts of uh, different sorts of exhibits about how people uh, die and different rituals uh, from different cultures. And it's it's the most depressing place ever. But my daughter wanted to go. I was going out there. She was doing, like I said, doing the internship, and I was going out to pick her up to drive her and all her stuff back. And we, we had a day, and I said, well, what do you want to do? 
because we we had lived in Los Angeles before, and she said, "Well, we've done all this other stuff. I want to go to the Museum of Death." And be, you know, I don't want to seem like a scaredy cat dad. I want to be the cool dad who goes, "Yeah, I'll go to the Museum of Death. Let's saddle up." It's in this nondescript industrial area of Los Angeles. And it says Museum of Death outside. And I thought we'd be the only ones. We were not the only ones. There was a big line to get in the Museum of Death. And it just horrible. There's like shrunken heads. And there's all the... It was just... It was creepy. And it was all kind of thrown together. There's just a lot of weird stuff going on in there. All right, let's do this. And then when we come back, uh, some big real estate news. And I have a, a question about your grocery shopping habits. So a lot to get to. It's Brian for Jeff, WTMJ. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Other than price, what is it that brings you into the grocery store? Or is price the only thing? If you think about back, I don't know if you still do this. We used to look at uh, all the grocery ads that would come on Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, or the Sunday paper, and you'd look through them all, and you'd kind of plot out where you were going to go to do all your grocery shopping uh, based on price. But then things have changed, and maybe your shopping habits have too. 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. The reason I ask is there was a big story in the uh, Journal Sentinel about Kroger and how they are, quote-unquote, playing offense because of so much competition. Now, you'll remember about four years ago, Roundies and Pick and Save were... They were in trouble. They were in trouble uh, because of all the competition. They were There was a lot of debt. And then Kroger came in and bought them. And now four years later, Kroger is has invested $350 million in Wisconsin. Um, and the market share loss for Roundies has been halted. So that's good news if you are a fan of uh, Roundies and Pick and Save. Kroger, uh, through Roundies, operates Pick and Save, as you know, Metro Market and Cops stores in Wisconsin. And they are also operate Mariano's stores in uh, northern Illinois. So they're investing all this money. Things are going well. Um, they're trying. One of the biggest things was lowering prices, which people are always excited about. But that can't be the only thing uh, that brings you into a store. I know there's some, you know, people go to Aldi or there's other chains, uh, Food for Less. I don't know if that's uh, around anymore. But there were there's all these, uh, you know, more warehousey kind of grocery stores. Not, I'm not talking about Sam's or Costco, but more bare bones, uh, simplistic grocery stores uh, where you're going to get just, they're just trying to get the lowest price. Uh, they've also added more people, more labor in the stores. They've remodeled stores, updated the technology. They're providing a deeper connection with the customer. Um, in a, The CEO said in an interview with the Journal Sentinel, they're also now going to uh, they're also going to build automated fulfillment warehouse in Pleasant Prairie, a fifty five million dollar automated fulfillment warehouse. Uh, they also have uh, this is going to be one of twenty across the country. Now, I I don't know how much attention you pay when you go into the grocery stores. I I am paying more and more attention. I have not. I still like going to the grocery store. I'm not. I haven't given myself over to ordering my groceries online. If you have, I'm wondering how that works out for you. Because there's something to me, while I do other shopping online, there's something about going into the grocery store, especially for produce and meat, fish, you know, stuff in the deli. I need to see it. 
you know, if I'm buying apples or whatever, I need to pick them up. I need, I can't, I can't just say, well, just send me some apples because I'm, I'm kind of picky. Maybe you are. But I'm wondering the amenities that you like to have in your grocery store. What will drive you in? Have you noticed if you go to Cops or Pick and Save or Roundies, have you noticed all these changes? Have you noticed the fact that Kroger has pumped $350 million into Wisconsin? What has stuck out to you? I know when I go in now to a grocery store, I'm always looking because we all know how it's laid out. You know, you walk in, you get your perishables on the outside. You come in, it's usually the produce section first. Then you're going into delis and meats and all of that. And you go, then your dairy and all your processed stuff, all your, all your chips and box things, all that's in the middle. So the first thing that usually catches my attention when I walk in is a produce department. And if a store has a good produce department, that's an indicator that I'm going to probably keep going back. And it can even be store to store in the same chain, uh, where I say, nah, you know what, this is a smaller outlet of this chain, their produce and, and meat and everything are not as good as another one. Now, I have to drive a few more minutes to get to the other store, but I'm willing to do that. So that is what will keep me at a store. Uh, the fact that cleanliness, obviously, the amount of people they have working there is always a big indicator to me if I'm going to keep coming back. Because how many times have you gone grocery shopping and, you know, there's a million checkout lanes, but not too many people working them. So in order to do that, a lot of the stores have gone to the automated checkout, which I'm a fan of if you have one or two items. If you are coming into the self-checkout lane with a basket that is overflowing with products, you shouldn't be in the self-checkout lane. You need to go back to a human being and let them help you because I guarantee it you've been behind this person just like I have. Nothing will scan, and it takes forever. And now this self-checkout lane, which was created to, yes, we know, save overhead on labor, but also, in theory, to expedite your shopping process, suddenly that's not happening anymore, and your your shopping process is slowed down. So I want to see enough people working there. If you have these self-checkout lanes, make sure you have somebody on staff manning them so that when something doesn't scan or someone has a problem, it doesn't shut down the whole process for 20 minutes. So that's what I'm looking for. Selection of products is what I'm looking for. I, you can tell if a store uh, is really on top of things if they have a nice selection. And again, it, 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 will, it will change from store to store within a chain. And then you have to go there. I like a nice selection of, for lack of a better term, house brands. You know, Roundy's brand stuff or... Uh, in Chicago at Jewel, it's the signature brand, you know, those kind of things. I like a lot of that, too. So that's, I'm always looking for the price, but I will sometimes sacrifice a few cents to shop in a store that makes me more comfortable. Uh, I don't need, you know, it's nice. Uh, Mariano's, if you've ever been in the, any of the Mariano's in northern Illinois, they used to have, oh, man, they used to have bars in there. They had sushi bars. They had uh, places making grilling your meat at the uh, butcher shop. So if you bought one of those big pub burgers or something or a steak, they would cook it up for you so you could take it home with you. 
those are all nice. But now since Kroger has taken over the Marianos, some of those amenities have gone away, obviously because they weren't profitable enough, and that's, you know, that's fine. Uh, one of the Marianos that I used to go to still has the bar, and I will say, there's something there's something soothing about doing your grocery shopping while you have a beer in the cart. It takes the pressure off. It makes you sure it'll make you linger a little more. Uh, so maybe you pick up a few more items because you don't want to just hammer your beer and head to the front. Um, but they even have in the carts they have the little the little cup holder, so you can put your nice it's a nice oh glass pint glass put it right in there and you wander around doing your shopping. So those are all the kind of things that I'm looking for. What are you looking for other than price? to get you into the grocery store? And have you noticed a change? Do you notice those kind of things? Or are you just going in, putting your head down, getting the stuff you need, and heading out? 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. It's Brian in for Jeff, 620 WTMJ. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. What's drawing you into the grocery store other than price? 855-616-1620. James is in Milwaukee. Hi, James. How are you doing today? I'm good, thanks. Um, I think that uh, the name brand sometimes uh, does, and if you can get it at a discount, but sometimes like you just were talking about Kroger's or some of these other chain brand, uh, chains, they're trying to uh, use their, cha- uh, their, their uh, products to uh, get, try to lure you in the store. But they're not any cheaper than the brand than the regular brand, or they got generic and the generic. You don't know. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's bad. And uh, like on vegetables, fruits, and stuff like that, organic and some of this other stuff is no more. Uh, how do you say healthier for us than the regular stuff that we eat? In that, yeah, it's, like it's it does get confusing. Too, uh, and you were saying too about the express type of line with the Dargan uh, machines and stuff. I think that could, can be a pain in the butt. Yeah, I agree. I agree, James. Thanks for the call. Uh, last one's from Mike in Milwaukee. Hi, Mike. Welcome to WTMJ. Hi, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Merry Christmas, late. Merry Christmas um, to you as well. We went to uh, pick and save for countless years and bank and everything. Lately, no. I don't even go bother. they got 20 checkouts and only two people there. And meanwhile, you've got 10, 15 people waiting in line with a lot of amount trying to get a checkout. Yeah, so I just go to Piggly Wheatley and say the heck with it. There you go, and that's you know what, and that's something that they need to hear, and that's what that's how people are making their decisions, and things like that will affect their bottom line, and that's changes have to be made. Mike, I appreciate the call. Thanks very much. All right, let's do this, and then we'll find out what's happening on Wisconsin's afternoon news. It's WTMJ.